0: Welcome back, everybody, to Tony Katz today, our last half hour on this Groundhog Day. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be with you all today. If you like what you heard, you want to hear more from me, best thing to do is go look up my podcast, Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis. And it's actually a podcast dedicated to critical thinking. It's called Just Listen to Yourself because I often hear people's talking points and I I think, are you even hearing what you're saying right now? A lot of what people say is just, it's a clip version, right? Of a thought. It's something they saw on TikTok or social media and it looks clever and they don't dig into it at all. So I think we need to dig into our ideas. So it's a lot of me just talking to myself while I'm talking to you, digging through my own ideas, asking myself questions, reasoning through issues and coming to a conclusion might not be the conclusion that you make. But my point is to help you clarify your own conclusions, even if it is, yeah, no, I, I, I've heard everything Kira had to say, and I actually disagree with it. I at least want you to be able to take that stand, to know what you believe. I believe political discourse gets a little less heated when everyone understands what it is they're saying and what they believe, because then it becomes an interesting political discourse instead of just your, your whole personal identity wrapped up in this. One of the episodes that I did over the last couple of weeks, I think you'll find interesting. I talked about Gen Z and work. You may have seen a lot of videos floating around. It's sort of a trend now. Gen Zers getting on TikTok, complaining about the work week, 40 hour work weeks, the cost of living. What has Gen X done to us? Yada, yada, yada. I break down one of those videos and I, I think there's a larger conversation to be had here because we hear a lot of whining, but I think there's more to this story. So another one of those videos has popped up. It's a young lady complaining about a 40-hour work week and the cost of living, and she's asking some questions. And I, I want to talk about it because I have some answers for her, but I have some answers for all of us. So I'm going to play this clip. It's a rather long clip. So probably what I'll do is, is I'll, I'll have our producer play it, and then I'll just give him a verbal cue when, when I'm done with it. We don't need to listen to the whole thing to understand what she was saying. But here is a young lady. She's young blonde lady you know woman maybe 18 to 20 and and she's visibly upset and she's talking about work go ahead and play that clip why is it that i have to work 40 hours a week just so i can have a place to live 40 hours a week makes me two thousand dollars a month and my rent is 1660. So I work 40 hours a week so I can have a two-bedroom apartment and an extra $300 a month. Like, it doesn't cover my phone, internet, food, you know? So not only do I not have any extra money, but just working makes me so exhausted that I don't have time either. Like, I get off work at 5.30, come home I'm just so tired all right you can stop that clip there I want to make a comment first before I start this uh, some of these videos are genuine and some of them are just click trolls so I'm not I have no idea which this is but it doesn't matter because these videos are going around and there are some genuine sentiments about this so producer Kyle and I were talking at the break or Carl excuse me and he said "Well, oh, the first thing I noticed about that video was that she was paying $1,600 to live in an apartment uh, by herself. Why doesn't she have any roommates? This is something that I address on my podcast. The episode is called Gen Z and Work. And again, the podcast is Just Listen to Yourself. I break it down at length, but that was one of the first things that stood out to me too. And the other thing was that 40 hour work week and I have to work all these hours just to barely cover the costs. I can't pay everything. With that 40 hour work week. And a lot of Gen Zers are saying, look, this isn't fair. You're telling us to go out there and support ourselves, but you've driven this economy into this hyperinflation state where I can't afford anything. A, I I think that's a fair assessment. We have done some real damage to this economy. Well, not me, because I don't vote for Democrats. (laughs) And they destroy the economy. But a lot of you people out there have. So there's there's there are valuable lessons to be taught to these young people in the midst of their complaining. And we shouldn't totally dismiss it. I know it does look whiny and childish, but we should hear what they're saying and we should use it as an opportunity to explain how taxes work, how inflation works, how these policies you're supporting, they're making your life more expensive. Rent control makes your life more expensive. I don't know where she lives, but I live in in Southern California, $1,600 for a two bedroom apartment? First of all, baby girl, are you living alone? You don't need a two bedroom apartment. If you're living alone and you're 20 years old, get a studio. It, it sounds like that'll be a lot cheaper than where you live. But I just looked at a at a at a advertisement for a room in someone's house here in my suburb of California. Rent the room and you get your own private bathroom in someone's home for fifteen hundred dollars a month so a sixteen hundred is wow i'm like wow that's a steal but i live in california where the only thing you can do is steal (laughs) here uh baby girl when i was 21 years old i lived on the north side of chicago right next to the lake about two blocks from the lake i lived in a basement apartment two bedrooms uh, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but this would have been right around 97, 98. <laughs> so in the 90s. But you're absolutely right that your life costs more now with inflation and just with the, the cost of rising cost of living, period, than my life did then. But I lived in a two-bedroom basement apartment on the north side of Chicago, and I had six roommates. Seven people. Lived in this two-bedroom apartment. So, uh, young folks, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you're thinking that it's not fair that we've destroyed the economy for you and you can't afford to go out there and live, what kind of life are you asking for? I, I don't. I don't know anyone who moved out of college and into their own space, even back then, even in the 40s, 50s. In fact, there's no time in American history where people lived alone. This concept of living alone is a fairly new concept. Most people stayed lived communally. Their families stayed in the same place. Their generations lived together. Most people had more than one job. Most people worked more than 40 hours a week. Before we even had such a concept as a 40 hour work week, people were working way more than that. Most people who are successful work at least double 40 hours a week. The richest among us, the wealthiest among us, the people that you look at at as the silver spoon people, sure, some of them are trust fund babies, But most of them just work all the time. You might see them flying around and see the pictures on the red carpet, but they work all day, every day. Also, again, wherever you live, I don't care if you live in New York City. Let's say you live in Manhattan, one of the most expensive places on Earth to live in. Let's say you live in Manhattan. Today, in 2024, you're a young person and you need an apartment. Take, the, take uh, an average apartment in Manhattan, which is still co- going to be pretty expensive. Could you afford that apartment if you had six roommates? If seven people were living in that apartment, could you afford it? I don't care where you live. Ask yourself that question. The answer is almost always going to be yes. So you, we, Gen Z needs to reframe here, and we need to help them reframe here. <laughs> I do believe this is on Gen X, I'm Gen X, because we are the leave, leave us alone generation. So we're kind of like, mind your own business, and just take care of yourself, do it. And because of that, we have really have left them alone to figure things out. We haven't told them about our lives and what we did and how we came up. Because we're just, we don't want to be whiners, we're head down people, but it's done a huge disservice to the next generation who are now coming up with, bad ideas about the lives they're supposed to be living. And that is another problem that we have here. These kids are leaving school with these useless degrees, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and they think they're supposed to be in a five bedroom home in the suburbs right away. We've not explained to them how maybe some of us got to these homes or maybe some of us got to a comfortable place. We have to explain that to them. I had seven people in a two-bedroom apartment. We had one bathroom. How do we make it work? I mean, now that I'm almost 50, I'm looking back. I'm like, I don't know how I could do that. I wouldn't do it again. (laughs) I I thought I was about to lose my mind being stuck in this house with four people during the pandemic. I don't know if I could do it again, but guess what? At 21, I did it because that's what you do to get on, right? You got to do what you got to do. Here's the other thing I want to address about Gen Z and work how we're doing them a disservice. We're telling them that the only place to be is where they are right now. And that is their only option. I know there are a lot of folks out there who say, you know, it's impossible to buy a home now. You can't, the, the costs are impossible. Home ownership is dipping. It is, it is impossible to buy a home. If you want to buy a home in Los Angeles, if you want to buy a home in New York city or many parts of the state period. Yeah, it, that's, it's tough. That is hard. It's really expensive there. But do you know that homes, well, I think many of you in this listening audience would know, but homes in the middle part of the country, in smaller areas, parts of rural Texas, Montana, uh, uh, certain parts of New York, smaller areas that are not in city centers, you are still able to buy affordable homes. My fa- I'm not suggesting you do this, but my father bought a house a few years ago in Baltimore as an investment. My father's from the Washington DC area recently passed away, unfortunately, but uh, he bought a house in Baltimore. It's, it's a three bedroom home. It's worth $160,000. Now, do you want to live in Baltimore? (laughs) Probably not. I don't think towards the end of his life, my dad even wanted to live there, but There is affordable housing. The problem is it's not where you want it to be. Everyone thinks that they're supposed to have what they want when they want it. I lived in Gary, Indiana for over a decade. I even raised a family there. Is it a great place? Uh, No, there's plenty of great people there. There's a lot of great people there. Unfortunately, their voices are drowned out by (laughs) all of the crappy people there and the crappy politicians. But it wasn't the best place on earth but it was a place that allowed me to be a stay at home mother because my husband and I lived there and he was from there. So he had some roots, but because we lived there, we were able to survive on one income. We will, we were able to purchase not one, but two homes again, very cheap homes because they were in the middle of the hood, but that was a sacrifice we made to be homeowners and to be people who were able to stay home with our children. And then we moved on. Now we live in Southern California where we're more poor than ever, (laughs) but live more luxuriously than ever. But I I live in an area where my kids go to a safe, somewhat safe school, unless you count the ridiculous curriculum they're teaching. It's lower crime. it's, It's significantly safer than Gary, a step up. But that took time. That was a decades long evolution. And that's what Gen Z doesn't see because everything's instantaneous from them, for them. Everything's right now, instant gratification. If I want information, I hit this button and I get it. If I want a song, I press this button and I get it. If I want to watch a show, I don't have to wait for Thursday night must see TV on NBC. I could just queue it up on my, whatever streaming service I'm subscribed to. If I want to hear my favorite celebrity talk about something, I go to YouTube. If I want to learn something, I go to YouTube. Everything is right now. And that is what we're facing. In fact, I could tie that back to the RNC story and their spending. That the 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 Republican National Committee and Republicans in general are only strategizing for right now. They want everything right now and they don't want to make investments in the future. And the future is everything. It's what we're talking about in every aspect of what is wrong with our society right now, the future of safety, the future of crime, but most importantly, the future of our children and what we're educating them, what kind of future we're educating them to go after. We have work to do with Gen Z. I don't think it's fair to just leave them floundering. We need to be out there explaining these concepts to them, explaining how they make their own lives more expensive by the way they vote, by the things that they ask for, by the information that they ignore. All right. Well, we.